Welcome to the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast, where we explore popular practices, songs, and ideas in the modern church world in the light of Sola Scriptura and Tota Scriptura. I'm Cody Fields, the president of Westminster Effects. You can go buy your guitar pedals at westminstereffects.com. Make sure you join the discussion in the Westminster Effects Doxology Podcast Lounge on Facebook, and you can support the show at anchor.fm. Uh, we even appreciate a dollar a month. We'll get you a shirt if you do that. Uh, you can subscribe and comment on Facebook and Instagram, and that uh, will actually get you entered to win a free book at the beginning of every month. We just gave one away last week, Maker versus the Takers mm-hmm. by Jerry Boyer. That was a fun episode, that was by a the fantastic way. fantastic episode. Uh, we are not joined by the right Reverend Bradley Cox, pastor of Resurrection Church at, uh, in Resurrection Church in Greer, South Carolina. But uh, as, as you've already heard... As usual, we are joined by the the third loser on the podcast, John Ross, Westminster Effects artist, Augsburgian Christian, uh, amateur grease monkey from Lincoln, Nebraska. Amateur, yeah, you're telling me you're yeah. working on a truck in your yeah. garage. For I was hours actually on yesterday. I was actually uh, texting back and forth with one of our listeners, Kyle Jackson. Um, oh yeah, the automotive guy as well, and uh, threw some headers on the old '64 F250. Uh, it sounds real rowdy now. Nice. And I mean, it, it needs mufflers like it 100% does, but right now it's coming right off the, right off the headers, dumping right underneath the cab. And it's, it sounds real fun. I think I need, my wife has one of those cricket, you know, those vinyl cutter jobs. Mm-hmm. I, I think I need to have her make me a big old sticker for the rear window that says, uh, not fast, just loud. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean the the dang thing's a four-wheeled tractor like that's with two seats like that yeah yeah you can i mean it, it's it's geared so low that you can just pop it in first and just crawl yourself up the driveway with the starter motor <laughs> i mean good for you i i just detest vehicles all the way around like i can work on a guitar and whatever like like that's cool but i've had so many bad experiences that i'm Mm, really just i'm really just ready for the physicists to figure out proper teleportation like star trek style i don't care that it'll tear apart all of my molecules and then rearrange them uh i just don't want to worry about cars anymore Mm. i'm over it and i'll be the guy that shows up three days later smelling like uh, gas fumes exactly And and we will be equally okay with it I guess to jump into our main topic, a little bit of a heavy uh, topic today where uh, this was thanks to Ben Anthony. We're talking about the naughty ones, folks. The naughty ones. Uh, So Ben Anthony uh, posted a screenshot from Saiten Bruggenkate, and I'll just read the thing. Uh, He says, it is with great sadness that I must inform you that I've been guilty of moral failure and will no longer be involved in public ministry. I've I've spoken with the elders of my church, and they have determined that my sin disqualifies me from the ministry. This means I will no longer be involved in teaching, preaching, or apologetics. I'm sorry for the shame my sin has brought upon the name of Christ and for the hurt that I have caused. Please pray for me. I've submitted to myself to the care of the elders of Faith Presbyterian Church, uh, Tilsonburg. If you have any questions, please email my elders, at faitharpelders at gmail.com. This post will remain on my private page until I delete my page this evening, but will remain on my public page, which my session will now be controlling. Uh, so you see here we have, uh, you know, scandal and moral failings are, 
nothing new in the church, no, uh, sadly. particularly public moral failings. And he doesn't get into uh, what that moral failing was or anything like that. And honestly, it's none of our business, right? Mm-hmm. Um, if, if he wanted to, you know, publicize that, then fine. Uh, but regardless, what we see here is, is I think probably the most biblical route someone can take, right? Is submitting yeah, to mean, his elders and saying, you know, they have determined that this disqualifies me. So I'm going to pull back, you know, yeah, I'm not going to do this thing anymore. One of, one of the other members, and it may, may very well have been, uh, Ben, you know, post another screenshot from some other, other guy adjacent to the situation, apparently, um, saying that, you know, it was blown out of proportion. This is, you know, this is years in the past when I, you know, that none of that really matters. What matters right. is that it happened and Sai was convicted, uh, by the law, heeding the call of the gospel. Mm-hmm. And, and went to those who are in authority over him and said, hey, I screwed up. Here is my honest confession. I mean, assumably, that's what he said, so we'll take it at face value. And the, uh, you know, and the elders decided that that was not an example uh, that they wanted for the congregation based off of... Um, and kind of the tightest guidance, uh, you know, certainly mm-hmm. husband of, uh, of, of one wife, uh, above reproach, so on and so forth. We've talked, we've talked through that all before. Um, but as, as heartbreaking as it is to see statements like this, if we look at if any of the other big shots that have, um, succumbed to temptation, we'll be generous, yes. right? <laughs> um, this is the one that gives me hope for others who have uh, gotten caught up in, in, in the mud of, of such sin um, to do likewise. That's my hope. Yeah, and, and what you really see here is uh, whether it's this situation or the other situations that we'll touch on is it's it's really the result of, of someone's ecclesiology of how someone Mm. sees the church is, is do your elders actually have the authority to tell you to stop doing something in public? Sure. Right. Where, where we'll just go ahead and go there. Uh, For example, the whole Ravi Zacharias cover up mess that's going on right now. Um, as far as I'm aware, I never heard of him talking about the elders in his church. I don't even know if he was properly involved in a church. And, and I know that a lot of the big public ministry types don't actually have a home church. Yeah, they, they have their, their, uh, their something, something ministries like RZIM, right? Which, right, here. right. Which I'm, which I'm not opposed to no. him having RZIM. It's just if he is... If he has his ministry, he needs to be, even if he is an elder himself, he needs to be submitted to the care of elders, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. I mean, he like, needs, I, a, he needs a, a, a monsignor, yeah. know, a, a father superior, you know, he <laughs> um, uh, probably not of the Roman variety, but hey, I like cool hats too. Um, 
you know, so, you know, I've mentioned that, you know, in my tradition growing up, um, oversight is, is some, the concept of elders can vary, uh, within, within the Lutheran church. Um, they're, uh, uh, sometimes they're treated like a board of directors. Sometimes they're a board of advisors, uh, and, uh, and whatnot. Sometimes I, I, I suppose they, they get a little close to, uh, a do life together, uh, sort of group. Um, I hate, I hate that phrase. <laughs> I've told, I've told, I don't know how many people at my church, like we, I don't know what the, what a better phrase would be, but we need a better one. <laughs> yeah. We just I, need a better I, You know, I honestly, I think I don't like that phrase for the same reason I don't like mercy me. I don't know what that reason is, but they feel very similar. Uh, I can, I can only imagine why you would feel that way. She was priest, Cody. Uh, You're welcome. <laughs> anyways. Um, but even in my tradition, there, there's certainly the, uh, um, uh, established ecclesiastical supervision, where right. uh, where you do have someone that uh, that outranks you, so to speak, um, that serves as a check and balance, and should you disqualify yourself, can can call that forward in an official capacity, like the elders of in this case, size church, but. If you're not connected to a church, you're not plugged in, man. Um, <laughs> and and you don't have that formal oversight. I mean, what what, what then? I mean, are are you subject to like an actual board of directors? Mm-hmm. You know, that that could be a thing. But then those board of directors, who knows, you know, where they come from, what, what perspective they have, if they're coming at this from a scriptural perspective. Um, And and they could be when, when these organizations get big, it's a business. Yeah. They don't want to rock the boat. Mm -hmm. And uh, often in these, in these huge ministries, uh, a lot of times you get yes, men, you get the sycophantic, Sure. Uh, just keep just keep the big boss happy, and 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 I'll, like that's what you've seen with um, guys like Mark Driscoll mm-hmm. is it, it was his way, or he even said we'll throw you under the bus, mm-hmm. <laughs> and at the end of it, there's going to be a pile of bodies behind the bus. Yeah, and that even just the fact that you could go there in the first place is clearly unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, it, it certainly doesn't uh, doesn't communicate care, right? Uh, mm-hmm. And and you know, we can draw distinctions between um, speakers and, and pastors and and um, academic theologians and, and things like that. But you know, really, at the end of the day, if you're procl- proclaiming the message of Christ, you are subject to the message of Christ. Yeah, absolutely. Law, law and gospel both. Mm. Equally mm. balanced. Huh, how about Here's, it? Yeah, w. Walter. But yeah. Um, so so then then the question the question then becomes, well, is it possible to restore someone to ministry? Right? Uh, you you get a lot of people who who will say, well, yes, you know, once they cl- get cleaned up for lack of a better term, clean up their act. Yeah. 
clean up your act and, and get back in. Uh, you also have some who... Oh, have, no, no. Let, let, let's put a, an actual uh, uh, kind of church you spin Reconciliation. Oh, there we go. Yes. There we, you know, one, yes. once you have gotten to a point of reconciliation with not only uh, the affected uh, parties, which would certainly be your own family, uh, others, other families, I mean, it could be very well uh, widespread, um, but also your congregation itself. Right. Right. And once you've received reconciliation there, then I think there's the right. opportunity to, to move forward. Right. I mean, no, go, go ahead. Well, there, there are also some who take a more permanent view of, of these kinds of things, right? Where, um, you know, if, if, well, I won't even go into an example yet, but once you're disqualified, you're disqualified, right? They would, they would say, well, and, and I would agree with making a distinction, like with the apostle Paul, like he was murdering people before his conversion. Mm, right yeah he wasn't murdering people after his conversion sure <laughs> um just, just to be extreme with it uh but i think i think there is uh that stance should actually give us a little bit of pause to think well are there situations when someone should not ever be reinstated right and and just to go to the whole ravi zacharias thing while well, you're talking about uh, maybe sexual assault or at least sexual exploitation. Hmm. Right. And if, and if we're going to go law and gospel where, well, the law, God takes sexual abuse so seriously that the penalty for someone in the law is death. And obviously we wouldn't advocate for the church to bear the sword. Sure. <laughs> that That's not the church's job. You know, the whole sphere sovereignty thing. Mm -hmm. um, but God takes that that seriously that no, no one is going to, you know, to use, uh, I think it's the first Timothy, is it first Timothy or second Timothy? First Timothy. Um, once you do that, the whole well thought of by outsiders is not going to happen anymore. <laughs> sure. <laughs> like your reputation is just toast at that point. Yeah. Um, uh, now, if, if someone gets, say, uh, if they develop a porn addiction, uh, maybe even run around on a spouse, I think there's more potential for reconciliation there, sure. depending. Yeah, I, I mean, but I think there's there's wisdom that has to be involved. Certainly, there are challenges navigating those. I mean, yeah, um, coming back from something like spousal infidelity, man, like, yeah, you know, especially when um, you know the most vivid picture of Christ's relationship with the church is that of a husband and wife, right? You know, um, but. You know, I think we can think of the three uses of the law in this case, right? The law serves yep. as a curb, yep. a mirror, and a guide. Um, obviously, the mirror shows us our sin. We're convicted by it. Um, at some point, apparently, um, you know, individuals didn't heed the the law as as that as that curb. Or, or that guide, but if if at a point um, they are, you know, once they're reconciled to one another, 
redevoted to the message of Christ, law and gospel. Then it sort of sets the guide rails again. I mean, yeah. we're going yeah. to jump the guide or the guardrails. We're going to jump them. I mean, we we will because right. we're because we're sinful. I mean, that's the beauty of the gospel is the gospel is effectacious because we're horrible. Right? Um constantly and consistently uh but i think you're probably onto something with that public reputation piece yeah because like i think of <clears throat> i think of guys like tully and Chavision. i mm-hmm. think i pronounced his name correctly <laughs> i think so at least the first um, part i think of uh the fact that you know he he was unfaithful to his wife repeatedly and then got hired on by another church and then did it again. <laughs> like, come on. Uh, I think of uh, here locally, uh, Perry Noble, mm-hmm. where, where effectively what happened is the church gave him repeated opportunities, no repent of this. And, and I believe what really kind of, uh, the the nail in the coffin for him was alcoholism, mm. um, which I absolutely believe that that uh, can be reconciled, right? Sure. Um, but then him being fired from the church ended up with him divorcing his wife, <laughs> uh, and and the public antics he engaged in uh, and still engages in. Um, I think really should disqualify. Honestly, I think he needs both spiritual and psychological help um, from some of the things that he said. It's, it's really kind of disconcerting. Um, But like you see with guys like Perry Noble and Mark Driscoll, you know, they get the boot from their churches um, and they say, all right, I'll just go start another one. Mm -hmm. Uh, If, if that's your move, (laughs) you're doing it wrong. Yeah. (laughs) I mean, just outright. It's, man. It's like if Little Red Riding Hood went another way, right? And uh, and and the woodcutter never showed up. And he's like, "Well, I got, I got, I got this, Grandma. I'm going to go over to the next town and get them because word wouldn't have made it." <laughs> you know, like it, yeah. it, it's 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 ridiculous. Um, you know, it, as you were talking, I was reminded of the Carl Lentz situation with uh, Hillsong. Oh yeah, yeah, and um, where. Is it? I believe that's an example of a church body doing the right thing. Absolutely, but the individual himself, in this case, uh, Carl Lentz, was not the person to break that news, so to speak. Yeah. So it was Hillsong saying we fired Carl. It wasn't Carl saying I have submitted myself to the authority of I don't know Joel Houston. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and, uh, and, and Brian, Brian Houston, Brian Houston. And so here, um, it's a matter of confession, right? It's a matter of confessing your sins in front of others and in front of God as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, if, if you, if all the reports from from mishandlings of, of of things and inappropriate relationships all come uh, from the body that's terminating you, or in the worst possible case, people making allegations, right, right, then 
you have missed your opportunity to confess. You know, I will confess my transgressions to the Lord. Mm-hmm. And he will remove the yeah. iniquity of my sin. Now, you know, we see with uh, David and Bathsheba, right? Um, that Nathan was like, yo, dog, you know, you really, like, you really screwed this one up. And I mean, you know, we, we see that and then we, and then we look what happened afterwards through the Psalms and of course through the historical record. And we see that he immediately goes before God and is like, I have betrayed you. I have betrayed others. I have sinned. I am unworthy. Mm-hmm. Help me. It shows contrition. And unfortunately, I don't, we see a lot, and contrition's different from sorry, right? Like, oh, we yeah. see a lot of sorry. Um, it's, it's like for people with kids, like, are you sorry? Or are you sorry that you got caught? Right. Right. Like contrition is the sign of a change of heart of that ongoing repentance that we're called to. Mm. And although it's heartbreaking to see individuals like Sai come forward and say, um, that they're disqualified from ministry because of moral failing. I mean, that that's, that's kind of code word. Now I mean, we know what that means for the sure. most part. Um, like I, I doubt it was, he went out and ate a two boxes of Krispy Kremes and smoked a carton of cigarettes. Like I doubt that was his moral failing. <laughs> um, because like been there, you know, um, all in one hour, even, yeah. <laughs> but you know, I think even though it's heartbreaking to see those things, I think we need to be, uh, thankful and give thanks to God that his heart was convicted. Absolutely. Yeah. That's the big thing here is, is what, what we don't need is guys who actually are now disqualified for ministry still doing ministry. Sure. Uh, we, we understand here, you know, which, which will happen, which will happen if, because that's their job, right? That's their career. Right. Like, right. Like outside uh, Mark Driscoll, Perry Noble outside of that. I mean, they don't know how to, uh, I mean, they, they may, but you know, they don't know how to wire a house for electricity. Right. Mm -hmm. Like they just can't go out and get a job as an electrician. Right. Right. Or, or a computer programmer, like that, that's their career. And if you don't have that contrition of heart, I'm like, well, I guess I need a new job now. Right. But, but coming from a, a more, this, this is where rubber meets the road with theology, mm-hmm. right? Coming from a, a reformed or Lutheran in your case perspective, we understand that God is sovereign and he's going to do the thing, right? Yeah. The word's going to go out. It's going to accomplish what he wants it to accomplish. And it's not, it's not up to, it's not contingent upon uh, our efforts in making sure that we have the best available people out there, right? What we need is qualified guys. Mm-hmm. Paul even admitted that he wasn't a good preacher. Like he outright said, eh, I'm not that great in person. And, and is it, was it Moses? Yeah. Moses uh, had a stutter. Yeah. I mean, he, he needed Aaron <laughs> to be the voice. Yeah. And so you want to talk about God drawing straight lines with a crooked stick. 
I would rather God draw a straight line with a crooked stick who just can't communicate very well than someone who's actually doing tremendous damage behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that brings that brings up a point, actually going back to Moses, about, um, about how we can uh, navigate our relationships with leaders, you know, as elders in congregations. Yeah. On how to, uh, how to help stop these things before they even become a thing. You know, I think of uh, Aaron holding up Moses's hands, holding up his arms. Yeah. Right. Like Moses was weak. He couldn't do it. He could not do it by himself. Yep. But God put Aaron there to hold up his hands to keep him steadfast. That's really good. And that's what God has done for all of us. All of us who have a relationship, and, and not just a pastoral uh, relationship, but but even a brother-to-brother relationship. Yep. I mean, it's not just a spears up, spears out, iron sharpen iron. It is, it is we are weak. Mm-hmm. We need an Aaron to hold up our hands. And I fear that in the midst of fame or uh, uh, notoriety uh, that one might develop a bit of an ego. And I don't know why I keep thinking of Mark Driscoll, but I keep thinking of Mark Driscoll. And How dare you? <laughs> when, when you have... When you have that sort of self-image of people know me, yeah, the last thing you want to do is show those people that someone's holding up your hands. Mm. Yeah, and that's and that's where local church community, this just basic discipleship people, like catechize your people, like actually teach them this is the faith instead of just kind of winging it. Like yeah. we've been doing the last 34 years in American mm-hmm. Christianity. Ugh. Let's leave it there and go to the Inquisition. Let's pray for Sightenberg Cape. Indeed. And this is the Inquisition, where every week, well, almost every week, we didn't last week. Well, we, we kind take, of, I bumper music in because, like, you did mention at some point another question. That we got during our weekly, you know, whatever. It was like, yeah, oh, I'll put, it, I'll put it in there. I, I, I templatize production now. So I have, yeah. all, I have all the media assets in the Logic Project. Oh, uh, there we go. So, like, it's there. I'm going to use it. I did use a new track. Uh, I didn't write it. It's from uh, um, it's from a uh, royalty-free creator studio. Ah. But I used a new track to bring us, uh, bring us back in after the break because uh, usually we come right back in with the Inquisition. Um, right. So that's our bumper music coming back into the, uh, the second right. segment. Get it together, Anchor. Get me some advertisers. That's <laughs> why so we can't have nice things. Uh, but anyway, yes, you know the drill. You submit questions and these count as entries to the book giveaway. And as is tradition. We start with Brian Morris. He says, is there a degree to which using SDG, short for Soli Deo Gloria, and other reformed slogans or Christian themes and ideas as a brand is dangerous? Where's the line between using the gospel to advance the kingdom and using Christian themes to advance Mm. your bottom line? He says, this isn't an attack. He was just 
curious uh, as he was scrolling around his feed the other day. And obviously Westminster effects is theologically themed church history themed. Sure. I think of stuff like righteous wretch uh, apparel, um, uh, art of homage, the, yeah, uh, all, all the, kinds of the reform worship. slogans yeah. and yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, there, that can be dangerous. It absolutely can be. Um, it would be really easy uh, for example, for me to uh, rip a Bible verse out of context uh, within my marketing uh, enable in, in order to simply push, uh, hey, I'm paying the bills, you know, yeah. I'm doing a good thing, uh, all while being sacrilegious, right? Sure. <laughs> and uh, and that's something that I try to be pretty careful with uh, myself. I can't speak for other brands. Um, but I do try to take precautions to not like effectively profiteer off of the gospel. Sure. I mean, and you know, this isn't just blowing, blowing reformed scented smoke, but like, honestly, I mean, we're not Catholic. Sure. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, incense has its place, although it smells interesting. Um, Go to a compound service sometime. You don't know what I'm talking about. Um, the majority of your product line has has depth to its meaning, right? Sure. It's it's not you know pithy things like mm. even stuff that could be pithy, like the, it's the Lord's Day, my dude, Toad. Yes, like. To be honest, limited audience. I mean, to be sure, extremely niche. <laughs> you know, um, but you're embracing what you know the, the whole idea of of that meme. Anyways, just the ridiculousness of a toad reminding us of uh, right. of, of the Sabbath. I mean, or um, I mean, the "You're Not David" thing, <laughs> right? Yeah, but it, even those things they they encourage you to go deeper right they mm-hmm. they leave something on the table i mean and i suppose that could be said for uh, you know my generation grew up with the wwjd and frog yep. yours yep. as well and obviously same um bracelets you know the fully relying god and what would jesus do and you know gal i had i had the collection. all of them oh yeah man the collection. I remember how bad. Remember how bad those things would smell because we'd never take them off. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like they were uh... like to, to the point that like, um, like we felt like if we were taking it off, like we were committing a sin. Like, <laughs> I'm gonna. Oh no, I can't. But it smells so bad. It was, I just, it was, I border, it was borderline uh, like a chastity belt or something like that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Probably certainly served as one. Yeah, um, like I would. I would wear like. <laughs> I would probably wear like four or five of those WWJD bracelets at one time in, mm. in oh, elementary yeah. school. Absolutely. And, and they did smell awful. Oh yeah. Do you remember the, uh, do you remember the t-shirts that were um, like, Oh, don't remind yeah, me. Yeah, you do like, like the, like the gold's gym. It was God's gym and was Jesus with yeah. a cross on his back doing a, doing like a ripped push up and, and stuff like that. And my youth group used to sell those. And when, when I was younger, um, you had uh instead of Reese's peanut butter cups, it was Jesus. 
Oh, I've seen those. Um, um, yeah, um, we have a we have a, a, a musician with uh, with the band who has a a, a Fender shirt that says uh, "Pick Jesus," which has you know uh, synergistic Armenian. Uh, all over it. I I don't point that out because I'm like he just thinks it's funny because it looks like a guitar thing, and it's like he's playing guitar and it's Jesus and blesses. Okay, yeah. Um, Craig, I love you. Um, but stop it. <laughs> um, <laughs> I said it. You didn't. So I think there, I think there is the, the, the chance that it that can certainly become dangerous if, if misused, um, especially if it's not coming from a position of sincerity. Um, right. You know, like I, I have a couple of the art of homage t-shirts. I don't, I don't really wear them anymore because um, I got them a number of years ago. They're pretty worn out. Those are the ones that have like the words without the vowels, right? Mm-hmm. That, that are reflection. And the thing is, is that the, I, the, the grammarian in me just goes ballistic whenever I see those. Sure. But, but, you know, I saw it and I was like, okay, that's cool. But like, essentially this is, this is like trap streetwear. With mm. with a Jesusy theme, and so I, I went a bit deeper, and I was like, "Oh, the reason it doesn't have vowels is because it's a reflection or an extension of what they did with Yahweh, saying that the sure. true spelling of the name of God is separate, is separated, is set apart for God alone." How sure. their shirts will say "Mercy," M R C Y, mercy is set aside. True mercy is set aside for God alone. You know, right. there's some cool things going on there. Which, which obviously, I'm going to be on board with the theme, just the visual <laughs> for sure. Right. For sure. And, and, and I think, I think that's the bright line is like, if it encourages you to go, to go deeper, if there, if there is a deeper meaning and it's just not like, Hey, Christians like X, mm-hmm. if, if your business model is a John Christ joke, then chances are you're, Ooh. you're on the verge of, of being dangerous. Yeah. The, the phrase Jesus junk exists for a reason and it's not a good one. Oh Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, 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 for me, that stuff has the same sort of connotation as stuff that we've seen in, in like all of the, uh, the praise and worship and worship guitar sounds and, and mm-hmm. uh, groups and whatnot, like the uh, shred because he bled. Yeah. Right? I mean, just gross irreverence. Like, right. Like you can, you can make jokes, you know, and, and, you know, um, little, little nudge, nudge, you know what I mean? You know what I mean? But like, I mean, if you're trivializing the crucifixion, for a for a rhyme come on yeah man next question next question amber shuey says whatever happened to those murder hornets doesn't something eat them i think something eats them uh, i don't know, Vacc- I don't know. vaccinated covid patients eat the <laughs> that's where the i bet that's where the vaccine came from it's it's murder hornets the, it's, the, yeah. the birds that aren't real that are actually government cameras took care of them <laughs> yes and by that we mean the av86 predator drone <laughs> They just, they just uh, duct taped a minigun to that thing and and picked the <laughs> picked the one like Call of Duty gamer in the battalion. Back, like, hey, <laughs> oh, that's that's the real reason we have the Second Amendment is so you can shoot murder hornets. Yes, it is. Forget resisting tyrants. It's all about the murder hornets. But honestly, like this this goes into um, uh, the problem with with our current mass media yeah and, I, and i've said it a billion times i have a journalism degree i know how this crap works they want clicks 
Mm-hmm. They want you, they want your eyeballs so they can sell you advertising so they can make money. Right. Yeah, I mean, there's no news platform out there that I know of other than state run ones, you know, BBC, Al, Al Jazeera, um, maybe Al Jazeera isn't anymore, but BBC is, um, France Van Cat, you know, th- those are state run media organizations. Um, but I don't know of anything other than that that's like just giving you news as a public service. Right. Other than maybe some guy on Twitter. Like, because like, let's be honest, it takes a lot of money um, to to run a website. I mean, a lot of a lot of money and a lot of time, a lot of infrastructure. Mm-hmm. And, and, so, and then not not only to run a website, but to have an entire force. Oh yeah, of journalists, right? Oh yeah. I mean, to and, and and to provide that all for for what is perceived as free. Um, certainly easier to perceive if you have an ad blocker on. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, you know, don't be don't be fooled. You know, when when you go to a grocery store and buy the checkout, there's all the candy bars. I mean, don't think that like Hershey's didn't pay, you know, Piggly Wiggly's merchandiser extra to have their stuff positioned exactly where they wanted it to. Uh, Online um, advertising is is no different. I mean, sure, you have display advertising um, Mm -hmm. that launches a banner or an intermodal pop-up or something, but you still have to prioritize views. You got people to like, you know, lock their peepers on on that content. And to do that, you need to, you need to manipulate where people go. Yep. And, and we see that most often with the headlines, right? Mm -hmm. Um, But often even within the first couple paragraphs, and, and that's what really irritates me about, modern journalism is the most important information should come first. It should be the inverted pyramid is what they call it is, is your foundation comes first and then gradually you kind of narrow things down to the least important things. Sure. Right. Like the first couple paragraphs should have the summary effectively. And right now what you have is those first couple paragraphs are kind of building, 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 and then third, fourth, fifth paragraph. Finally, you get to the real point. Sure. I mean, I mean, shoot, I was taught that way when I took my journalism class. I mean, you start with the hook. Right. And, and what they're, what they're doing is they're trying to keep you on their website longer. Mm -hmm. That's really what it is because they get more money when you're on the website or when you're watching the show longer. Like all of those, uh, like all those top ten lists, or even how-to articles, I've noticed are doing this now, where you have to click next. Yeah, like, or or that, like every recipe site on the planet oh right now. I don't care about what your four-year-old oh, did. I like I just give me the brisket recipe. Oh my gosh! And some of them are even getting clever, like reader view on iPhone that just parses the text can't, can't reach in because it uses like a JavaScript uh, thingy or whatnot to, oh, man. Uh, you know, to, like there's some keto website, wholesome yum that actually has some of the best recipes. Now I'm not hardcore keto at the moment, but um, like they're still like, they are some of the best, most well-developed recipes and whoever's running that site is getting paid because yep. it, you know, it's just, 
you know, every scroll is, is essentially like opening up a new page with new display ads and new content. I mean, mm-hmm. it, woo, buddy. Yeah. Support All right, let's the show on anchor FM. Yeah. Yeah. And we won't never mind. Uh, next one gets into the weeds a little bit, but that's what we do here. Uh, I believe this is the first time that Kyle Boone has had a question on the show. He says, I had a conversation with one of my worship team members this Sunday he brought up the idea of woman pastors, um, and, and he did say they, I got to correct you, it's he. They is not an indefinite third-person pronoun. That is plural, just for the record. Uh, he said that in 1 Timothy 2.12, Paul's use of the phrase, I do not permit a woman to teach, shows that it's just Paul's opinion and not a word from the Lord. This was his justification for being okay with women being ordained. This is also a guy who I've had significant disagreements with before. So I realized I might be a little biased that it came from him, but I'm also uh, really burdened with the idea that someone who leads worship alongside me can disregard part of the scripture with the notion of, well, that's just like your opinion, man. He seems to favor. <laughs> yeah, he seems to favor N.T. Wright's interpretation of these passages, uh, particularly with Romans 16 and John 20 for the justification of ordaining women what are our thoughts on this you know i don't really uh i don't really have a great grasp on on the uh on the historic apologetics of this one um so if you do i'll I'll let you take i'll let you take that but you know in in my tradition I mean, obviously, with uh, with anything from infant baptism to uh, true presence of both uh, um, body, blood, bread, and wine, um, uh, so on and so forth, uh, women in the pastoral ministry, uh, so much we boil down to. The Bible says so. Mm-hmm. You know, like, like sometimes we just take things at face value. And we don't question it because it's not our job, right? But we but we want to understand, right? Like we we want you know we want to know the why, like you know we we turn it we turn into ten year olds sometimes with this stuff, and that's okay, you know. He's like, but why, you know? Like mm-hmm. I, I get that, like I, I get I, I get that it says that, but why does it say that? Right, and and there there's a part there. You know the the mystery of of the revelation. I don't know, I'd love to hear your thoughts. Um, but so, but oh, hold on, sorry, I sure, forgot sure, a thing. Sure. But on that, if you had uh, the the part that shows me that you've, that that you've mentioned, you've had disagreements in the past. What that really shows me is that there's probably a differential between you and this individual. Mm-hmm. Um, on the supremacy of of scripture and and its role as uh, norm normata norm normans, uh, throw a little Latin in the, the yeah that norms and the norm of norms. Yeah, exactly. Um, I think yeah, you're exactly right with that. Of scripture has to be the norm that norms uh, what we think and. One of the problems with this guy's argument is 
when Paul says, hey, this isn't from God, this is my opinion, he lets us know. Uh, in 1 Timothy 2, he actually roots the fact that women should not be pastors in the creation narrative, the creation and fall narrative, saying that yep. the woman was deceived, right? So he doesn't say, this is just my opinion, man. He says, this is actually from God. Like he backs it up immediately. So the the two uh, that this guy and what N.T. Wright, and, and, and to, in fairness to N.T. Wright, the guy has done some incredible work on things like the, the resurrection. Um, he has done absolutely incredible work. Now there's stuff like new perspective on Paul. It's like, like ugh, that's kind of gross. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, so he's one of those guys where it's like, you know, it's like Pikachu. a shotgun. Yeah. It's like a shotgun. <laughs> sometimes it's dead on and sometimes it's <laughs> too far off center. Um, so John 20 is uh, the resurrection and the fact that um, Mary Magdalene was the first to pro- the first human. We'll say that the first human to proclaim that Jesus was resurrected. Well, that still isn't her being a pastor. Sure. You then have Romans 16 um, verse seven. Greet, greet uh, quickly and confidently greet Andronicus and Junia. My kinsmen and my fellow prisoners, they are well known to the apostles, and they were in Christ before me. So, Junia being a female name, uh, there is a very, there's a minority reading of that, of that, where you could translate, they are well known as apostles or, or missionaries, mm-hmm. messengers, uh, but that's a minority translation. And if you're going to, if you're going to stake your entire claim off of that, yeah. that's, that's so weak. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the, the great Protestant method of letting uh, the clear passages interpret the rest of scripture is just being ignored right there. And so you're going to say, Oh yeah. So this lady who was, who Paul loves and what has been a Christian longer than Paul technically could have even been more mature in the faith than Paul. It's a possibility. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's saying, hey, yeah, say hi to her. Uh, the apostles know her really well. She's awesome. And you're going to use that as your argument for female pastors? Sure. It's not how that works. <laughs> mm. um, so really, I mean, like any kind of scripture argument, scriptural argumentation for female pastors just immediately falls flat. Yep. It just does. It just does. Uh, last question. Let's knock this thing out. Hunter Chapin asks, American Christians who are serious about their faith regularly mention the struggles of living out the Christian life in this culture due to a multitude of things, such as extreme work demands, cell phones, sex cells in the media, etc. But we are purposely living in a society that is relatively incompatible with the Christian life. Or is it that... Uh, in, is that? But are we purposely living in a society that is relatively incompatible with the Christian life, or is that incompatibility part of our struggle collectively in this area of the world? Mm, that's a really great question. It is. I think you know we look at our entertainment choices and stuff like that, particularly Netflix. Like, sex is all over Netflix now. 
Oh yeah. That, uh, that, uh, to date a teacher or whatever it is that's been, I mean, I don't even, I don't know, but just seen ads all over the place. Like, yeah. Disgusting. Right. Um, yeah, there's, it's really kind of biting us in, in the face right now that, you know, culture is downstream from people's hearts. Right. So what the culture produces is reflective of, of our people. And if this is what's being produced, that plus the most, uh, how do I even say it? The largest category on the internet for websites is porn. Yeah. It's just a fact. Uh, well that tells us about our hearts. 100%. Uh, as, As a culture. I mean, certainly, um, there, there are, I mean, uh, sorry, going into communications theory here, uh, Herbert Gerbner's cultivation theory, um, tells us that, uh, what is, uh, what is consumed is, is then, is then reaped usually by a, a personality or a preference change. And, and while that can be true, it's not as if people making these these television series, movies, you know, music. I mean, mm-hmm. uh, are saying, "Man, I really want to drive our culture more into total depravity." Like, I really, <laughs> I really want to make people worse. You know, it's like that's not, you know that's not what they're doing. It's like I want to make money. Yeah, and so we're gonna we're gonna give the we're gonna give the people what they want. We're gonna give the people Barabbas. Mm, yeah, because they know what they get with Barabbas. They don't have to do, you know, there, there's no, there's no uh, challenge for them. They just get the desire of their flesh and, and, and they, they go on and uh, with, with their lives. But here's, here's the, the hot take and I'll try to frame it without too many long pauses. Um, well, there was one, the, uh, Goodness gracious. Uh, I can't hum that and think at the same time. This is is now the stream of John Ross's conscience (laughs) podcast. Uh, Let's see. I don't think that because we are surrounded by a culture that prefers to consume what it enjoys what its flesh enjoys that that means that we are displaced. I mean, I'm about a stranger here. Heaven's my home as the old hymn says. And, uh, and, and we can, we can confess that, and, you know, as sanctified believers of Christ, children of God, we can confess that. However, be not conformed to the ways of this world. This is nothing yep. new. Being, do, do not be conformed to the ways of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. He took my answer. Mm. <clears throat> okay. If, if 90% of the culture wants this, wants garbage media being shoved down their throats to satisfy their the visceral, visceral desires, let them have that. Yeah. But you specifically do not conform 
Do not be one who consumes that because that is part of your sanctification walk. That is not consuming that. We always think of fruit as something that we do, right? The, the, the fruit of the spirit, you know, as, as James talks about the life that is in our faith. Mm-hmm. Those, those works, James calls, well, in James, they're called works. And that makes us think it's something that we do, but it can also very much be something that we don't. And we, part of our sanctification walk is, is refusing to do those things. Yeah. I mean, you go on, you go on in Romans 12, uh, abhor what is evil and hold fast to what is good. Mm -hmm. Right. Like that, that's something that we need to be actively practicing, actively looking to do. Um, and that, that may, and in some cases probably may mean you need to reevaluate what you're consuming. That doesn't mean that we need to be, uh, uh, technophobes, like we don't need to be afraid of Instagram. We don't need to be afraid of a smart TV or what have you. Sure. Um, the, those are useful tools. Unlike critical race theory. <clears throat> um, but those, those are tools. That's all they are. Yeah. Right. And, and, and what we shouldn't do is have knee jerk reactions of I'm scared of this thing. Not like be wise about it. Evaluate. Can I, is this beneficial? Can I glorify God with this? Mm-hmm. Right. And, and, and if we're honest, like a lot of the, uh, the video technology going into our phones uh, is driven uh, a lot of times by the porn industry. Right. Sure. But, but that would end up downstream being kind of a common grace thing what they meant for evil god meant for good right yeah. so what they what they meant to record all manner of nasty mm-hmm. god is now using to get the gospel out yeah 100 percent. you know one final thought Congra- on that. congratulations you played yourself yeah <laughs> <laughs> you know one one final thought on that um you know the the question of well how do we fight against it? You know, if, if we're called to, to not conform and, and, and to be transformed, well, that speaks to us, but does it speak to others? And here's the thing. If all of this content is in reaction to the desires of the culture, take that, hold on to it. And we, in the words of uh, Michaelis Jacksonius, start with the man in the mirror. If we start <laughs> there, it took me a second just because you turned it Latin. <laughs> <laughs> if Jacko was a Roman, um, if we take that and and we abhor what is evil as part of our sanctification walk, that continues and bolsters it's the refiner's fire right it's it, it, it's part of god's work in our lives to conform us more to his likeness and yep. as we are conformed more to his likeness our light his light rather will shine through us as a city on a hill and from mm. there other people will see that yep and that very, very, may very well be uh, the uh, foot in the door for the gospel, so to speak. Um, 
because they it's not that they see him like, well, that guy doesn't, that guy doesn't watch porn. That guy doesn't watch game of Thrones. That guy doesn't this, that guy doesn't this. I want to be like him because he doesn't watch these things. No, that's not, that's, that's not what's going to do it. What's going to do it is if we have a holistic view of our sanctification, that includes the media that we consume. Yep. Then as healthy sanctified individuals, we can be that light in the darkness. Awesome. Let's leave it there. Close this out, John. On the spot. Sprung that thing again. <laughs> well, thank you so much for listening. Be sure to uh, be sure to like and share the show. Uh, you can uh, head over to uh, any of your podcast catchers and then and, and, uh, share that out to your social media. Head over to anchor.fm and support the show. You can find a direct link to the podcast on westminstereffects.com where you can also find all of your various and as Cody likes to say, sundry guitar accessories uh, to make your sonic situation swell. Uh, oh. Did you, you like that? Yeah, that was, that was right off the cuff. Uh, well, anyways, oh yeah, be sure to uh, to pick and choose uh, comments uh, and sound bites out of this episode. Share them in the podcast lounge. Share them to your uh, to your uh, your social networks uh, so you can be entered into win uh, this month's book giveaway. And uh, certainly leave us a review on whichever podcast platform you are listening to. Five stars would be excellent. We deserve it, even if you don't think so. For uh, for Cody Bradley, who's not here. I'm John. Thank you for listening.